you have your Bibles and you would turn with me, we're going to be in the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 9. We're also going to go over to Numbers, but I really want you to keep Leviticus open throughout this message today. Leviticus chapter 9. Notice with me verse 22. It says, And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them. He came down from offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and peace offerings. Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. There came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted, and they fell on their faces. If you will go to Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. It wasn't just any words that were spoken. When the high priest would go in and out of the tabernacle. There were special instructions given by God. And this was the blessing that was to be pronounced upon the people. It's found here in Numbers chapter 6, beginning in verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and his sons, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And I will bless them. you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's anointing and favor upon this message today. Father, we need you today. There have been many, many things that have gone on in many lives this week, including my own. And sometimes the cares of the world, the cares of life can be major detractors to what it is that the Spirit of God wants to do. And so, Lord, for this servant... And for these servants that are listening via live stream, these that are watching, that are in service today, Lord, may our lips be used for your glory and may our ears be open and our hearts ready to receive what it is that the Spirit of God wants to say to the church. 
we need. Lord, when we come to the end of this service and we lay hands on our children and our youth, we need the bountiful blessing from heaven. Thank you for your word and for what it's going to accomplish. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Again, whether it's your electronic device or if you have your Bible with you, if you would just leave it open to Leviticus chapter 9. And today I want to talk about the better blessing. The better blessing. I am blessed. There's an old chorus we used to sing in the church. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning, till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. I know it's not Thanksgiving, but I entered his gates with thanksgiving in my heart today, saying, thank you, Lord, for your blessings upon me. You see, the blessing was promised by God to his people. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 25, this was the blessing that was promised, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and he shall bless your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. The blessing was promised in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 23. Then shall he give the rain of your seed, that thou shalt sow the ground withal, and bread of the increase of the earth. And it shall be fat, and it shall be plenteous. In that day shall thy cattle feed in large pastures. Then there are the blessings that are declared when the word of God says in the book of Job, there shall be showers of blessings. Anybody in the house today that had stood and had experienced firsthand the blessings of the Lord showered over your life? Then we say, we see in the Word of God where God declares to the tithe payer, I will pour for you blessings that you will not have enough room to receive it. Psalm 68 and 15 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with his benefits. Folks, we are the blessed of the Lord. We are also blessed so that we'll pass blessing along to other people. It started way back in Genesis chapter 22 when God said to Abraham that in blessing I will bless you. God is saying I am in the process of pronouncing blessing and I have selected you Abraham for my blessing to land upon. And verse 18 says and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In Genesis 12 too, he said, and I will bless thee and make your name great and you shall be 
a blessing. I will bless you, God says, and subsequently you will be a blessing to others. I've always believed, I've always embraced for many years that the blessing is not for your retention. The blessing is for your release. I'll say that again. The blessing has never been for your retention. The blessing is for your release. Now, I don't know about you, but in, in Bible, reading daily Bible, and several of you in the room and watching the service online today have no doubt read the Bible through one, two, 20, 50 times over the course of your life. And there are some books that you really enjoy, and then there are some books that quite honestly uh, you work your way through. There are some books that are just more challenging to really get a hold of than there are others. And the book of Leviticus is one of those books. Uh, Leviticus is a challenging book for me in my personal daily Bible reading. You know, we got the laws of leprosy and the, the laws of cleanliness and the laws related to the contamination of property and, 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 and all of these laws that are spelled out and sure necessary during that Old Testament time. But one day I, would, I came to this ordination service of Aaron, the high priest. He was about to become the high priest in the land. He was Moses' brother. And boy, as I was looking at this ordination service, some, some lessons, some revelation just kind of leaped off the pages into my spirit as it relates uh, to blessing others. The background, uh, the stage is kind of set for this ordination service. The animal sacrifices are in place. The tabernacle has been constructed to the letter of God's uh, particular directives. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant is inside of the tabernacle, and it holds the glory of God on the mercy seat. And so this everything has been kind of put in place, and now it's time for God's choice, Aaron, to be ordained as the high priest for all of the nation of Israel. Now, as I'm looking at this, I watch first uh, as Aaron, who's going into the tabernacle for the very first time, as he makes his, his, his uh, ascent in that direction. The Bible says that he, he raises his hand and he blesses the people. And he does it two different times. And according to scripture that we read and that you heard sung and that you did sing, there was a specific blessing to be spoken and pronounced over the people. And so for Aaron only. He raises his hand and he says this to the people. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then as you look at that in the Bible there in Leviticus chapter 9 you notice that he and Moses go into the tabernacle. They go into the holy of holies, where only the high priest would ultimately be the person to go solely and would go on behalf of the people. And they would go in where the, the kabod, the glory of the Lord, the, the weightiness of all of heaven uh, was, was represented inside those thick curtains 
uh, in the tabernacle. And the Bible says that as Aaron and Moses went in, they dwelt there for a short period of time. And then they, Aaron and Moses, came out of the tabernacle. And they, Aaron and Moses, blessed the people. And so as they walk out of the tabernacle, not only is it Aaron raising his hand toward the people, but it's also Moses, the leader of Israel, the, the civil government, the religious leader, the one that's in charge of the whole nation. He's also lifting his hand toward the people. And what do both of them say? I imagine they said it in unison, but they said, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now, I just want to submit this to you this morning. I want to share this with you today, that, that, that before he went into the tabernacle, Aaron pronounced what I'm going to call a pre-glory blessing. But when after he, they had been in the tabernacle and after they'd been in the Holy of Holies and him and Moses came out of the tabernacle, when they raised their hand, they said the same words, but they were pronouncing a post-glory blessing. Now, let me break it down for you because I believe a pre-glory blessing is a is a good thing. I believe it, it is intended with goodwill toward those that I come in contact with. I mean, it's goodwill when you say, God bless you after someone has sneezed. All of us do that. It's goodwill when I leave the gym or I'm in conversation in the grocery store or I, I run into one of my neighbors and I end the conversation conversation and I walk away and I say, God bless you. And by the way, more and more children of God ought to be saying that at the end of conversations, even with unbelievers. And goodwill when you leave Sunday service and as you're walking out, and as long as it isn't a holiday like Christmas or Thanksgiving, we normally say, uh, God bless you. And those are, are good words and, and their well wishes and there's absolutely nothing wrong. It certainly gets the word out as to who we are. I, I want to say we'll call that a, a, a pre-glory blessing. But then there is the post-glory blessing. And that's when your words become anointed. That's when your words become empowered. You see, what I see here in the scripture today, the first thing I know notice is that there is unity with the post-glory blessing. You notice that Moses and Aaron are both coming out after they both have gone into God's presence, which means there was unity in their blessing. Aaron blessed the people going in, but it is strongly implied that both Moses and Aaron blessed the people coming out, which means there was numbers in their blessing, which means 
means there was strength in their blessing, which means there was multiplication in their blessing. Moses and Aaron blessing the people coming out. Can I tell you, God, give us unity again in the body of Christ. Give us some Moses and some Aaron's that will linger together in the presence of Jehovah. And when they come out, the multiplied blessing will be felt by all those affected because of their unity in numbers. I still read a Bible that promises that where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the midst. I still read a promise that says where two or three agree is touching any one thing, God will respond. I still read in the word of God where it says two are better than one, for if one falls, he has the other to lift him up. I still read Psalms 133 where it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I like verse 3 of that chapter. It says, For there the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. Where did God command the blessing? I'll tell you where God commands the blessing. Where God's children, where his sons and daughters are in unity, one mind and one accord together. And, and it, I'm telling you, it's not about our name. It's not about our talent. It's not about our ability. It's about our joining together in hearts and minds and calling upon the name of the Lord. I'm telling you, there's nothing that can stop the church. There's nothing that can stop God's people when we are in one mind and one accord, when factions and divisions have been put to the side and differences of opinions have been put under the blood. We serve one Lord, one Savior, one mediator between God and man. His name is Jesus Christ. Oh, God, send unity to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see, this was Moses' last trip to the tabernacle. This was Aaron's first trip of many to the tabernacle as the high priest. And while they were in there together, no doubt they got some joint instructions from God. While they were in there together, they had some joint communion with God. <laughs> and so when they come out after some joint instruction and some joint communion, then they're easily willing to pass along some joint blessing. And when they passed along the joint blessing, the next thing I want you to see is that with the second blessing, the better blessing, the glory appeared to all the people. You read it for yourself. That's why I had you leave your Bibles open there. There was no glory prior to Aaron going into the tabernacle. But I'm telling you, when, when Aaron and Moses both went into the tabernacle, when they both came out, not only was there unity in their blessing of the people, but there was also glory that accompanied the blessing of the people. All the people were exposed to the glory of God. Oh, Lord, help me preach here. You see, I'm convinced, and you may think I'm beating a drum here, but I'm convinced we're living in a church culture 
that is grieving away the glory of the Lord. Don't get me wrong. I believe that we're going to be, that we're in the last days. And somehow, someway, God's going to send a last days outpouring. But I also know the word is very clear. That iniquity, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And in the last days, men shall be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. I tell you what we need. We need the glory cloud of God to come back down upon the church. We need the glory of God to appear to his people. You see, I'm deeply impacted when I read in the book of Ezekiel the digression of the people of God that led to the glory of God departing. It happened in a, in a certain way. Look it up if you'd like. Write it down. Look at it later. But if you go to Ezekiel chapter 9 and verse 3, the scripture shows you there that the glory of God is lifting up off of the leadership of God's people. You see that in Ezekiel chapter 9. And then you go one chapter over in Ezekiel chapter 10 and you, you read about the, the glory of God lifting up and leaving the temple. So first of all, the glory lifts off the leadership and then the glory lifts off of the temple. And that's not where it stops. The digression gets even worse because in Ezekiel chapter 11 and verse 23, the very next chapter, it portrays the glory of God lifting up and off of the city of the people of God. So I want you to see it today. I want you to grasp it today. The glory first left the leadership. Then it lifted off of the temple. Then it left it off of the city in that kind of sequential order. This is one of the most tragic portrayals of spiritual decline found in the Word of God. And sadly, this pattern is found too often. I grew up with a pastor that would, that would, that would preach and tell us constantly, we need the glory of God in the church. We've got to have the glory. Who cares about the order of service? We've got to have the glory of God in the church. Who cares about who gets to sing and who doesn't? We need the glory of God in the church. Who cares who's behind the pulpit and who isn't? We need the glory of God in the church. It doesn't matter what she's wearing or what kind of shoes he has on or what somebody drove up in. We need the glory of God in the church. And I remember my pastor Hurley would say many times, he said, if we don't get the glory of God back in the church, we can go on business as usual and the community will still call us a church and the Lord will write Ichabod across the door of the church because his glory will no longer be with us if we get so self-centered and inward focused. I'm telling you, church, it doesn't matter about the color of paint on the wall or how comfortable these theater seats are. What we've got to have is the glory of God. What we've got to have is the kabod, the weightiness of heaven, to descend down upon the people of the Lord. When that happens, you better watch out because something dramatic is going to take place that's going to turn people's lives upside down. God, send your glory back to your people. Hallelujah. Leadership that has lost the glory leads to churches and believers that have lost the glory. And that leads to whole cities under siege because the glory of God has departed from those cities. All the unrest, all the evil, all the hatred. Is it possible? Somebody's going to go out of here calling me judgmental. 
But is it possible that the churches in those localities, and more specifically, the leadership in those churches, in those localities, is it possible that they've grieved away the glory of God, and the end result is that the restraining influence of the Lord, the glory cloud of heaven, is lifted off of those cities and towns where the Lord's name is mocked, and the cause is defamed, and the church is nowhere to be found. Could it be when the church is MIA that all hell will break loose in the town, in the county, and in the city? You say, you look angry this morning. I am. I'm angry at myself. I'm irritated with myself because I'm telling you, we can, we can look at Portland and say for sure it's happened there or Seattle or Kenosha. We can look and find it in Chicago and New York, but don't you think for one minute that if we become indifferent or negligent that the glory of God could not be lifted off of this town and county. Oh God, get us back to our knees. Get us back to our faces. Get us back to the place where we say, God, if we don't have your glory, we will not survive. I don't know what happens in other towns and cities. But I do know in Pulaski County and in the town of Pulaski, we need the glory of God to come down among his people and his leaders yet once again. I realize that I have to bring the glory of God back. You have to bring the glory of God back. Someone pray for the interpretation. Two or three witnesses. When we've done our part, God's glory can rest upon the county in ways we have not dreamed or imagined. Lord, send your glory back to your people. A stand has to be made. Put God's glory back in leadership. Put God's glory back in the temple. Put God's glory back in the city. These are challenging seasons, and this is a, probably the greatest challenging season I've seen in over 30 years of ministry. But we must take a stand against spiritual decline and mediocrity and mundaneness and determine that we individually that could lead to corporately we will determine to linger in the tabernacle near the mercy seat by the ark of the covenant ultimately in the presence of Jehovah and when we do the glory will come to the people as we command blessing over those in our path 
Could it be that this pause is to rediscover the cause? Could it be that this snare is to reignite prayer? Could it be craziness is to kindle our laziness? He created us to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Lord, take us back. Lingering in your presence. So like Moses and Aaron, when we come out, the glory of the Lord will come out with us to the people. In another place, when Moses had been in the presence of God, he came down the mountain and God's glory was on his face. And the people saw the difference because he had lingered in the glory. There's too many believers, you can't tell the difference from unbelievers. You can fix everything externally, change your styles, your habits, your ways. You can do it through your own carnal strength, but it will not bring the transformation that you want to see brought to the people that you cross paths with. It starts here. It starts here. It starts with saying, God, I want more of your glory. You can't affect change. You cannot affect change. But God working in you and through you, that affects change. Better blessing. Aaron blessed going in. But Aaron and Moses blessed coming out. The second blessing was the better blessing. Unity came with the blessing. Glory came with the blessing. And finally, fire came with the blessing. You go back and read it. Verse 24 says, and there came a a fire out from before the Lord. (laughs) The fire of God fell down. The seal of God came upon the sacrifice. Not until Moses and Aaron went into the glory did the glory accompany the blessing out. Not until the glory accompanied the blessing out Did the fire fall on the sacrifice? The lingering in God's glory. Following that, the blessing of God's people. And then the fire of God's spirit. What would happen if the leaders and the laity of Pulaski Church of God lingered more in God's presence? See, it's happening. It just ain't reached you yet. I ain't heard a whole lot. You don't have to hear a whole lot. That's the way leaven works. When I have a ministry leader come to me and say, we're going after God in our ministry. 
And I have another lay leader come to me and say, you know what? I'm going after God. God's just doing some stirring inside of me. You see, as a pastor, you can legislate and mandate all day long. That doesn't bring around about effective change. Because it's a heart. I'm Tony's pastor. He calls me the boss man. But I can't change his heart. Only God can bring revival to his heart. We want the fire to fall. Last time I checked, I was Pentecostal. I think I'm in a Pentecostal church. I believe I'm in a Pentecostal church. Sometimes I have to believe it by faith. Sometimes I have to believe it by faith because there ain't a whole lot of fat going on. But I am. Anybody else in the house? Any Pentecostal folks in the house? We want the fire to fall. We want the fire of God's Spirit to be turned loose in the church. Salvations to come and miracles to take place and homes to be mended and marriages to be healed. There's a sequence, though. There's an uncompromising of God's order. It starts with lingering near the mercy seat. It culminates with God's glory and fire falling upon those around us. <laughs> Church is not going to grow because of a painted wall. It's not going to grow because of colored lights or theater seats. It's going to have sustainable growth when Pulaski gets hungry for unity that is followed by glory, that is followed by fire. John Wesley said it best. If the church will catch on fire, people will come to watch it burn. You can't get close to fire without feeling the heat. <laughs> Glory be to God, I'm coming down here. It's a lot more work than it was when we were over in the dining hall. You know, it was actually those, the promise of Jesus was that when he said, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to send another comforter. And that comforter, when he comes, he's going to teach you all things. John the Baptist said, there's one coming after me who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to get down and unlace. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but there was a cockamamie idea that came out from some Bible scholars years ago that taught that Holy Ghost would come but you'd be baptized in eternal hellfire if you didn't submit to the Holy Ghost. I heard Ray Hughes said one time, he said when Je Jesus said, or when John said that Jesus was going to baptize with the Holy Ghost in fire, I kind of look at that like chicken and dumplings. If I come to your house, I'm not coming for chicken, and then I'm going to get dumplings if I don't come to your house. If I come to your house, I want chicken and dumplings. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying we need the Holy Ghost and we need the fire of the Holy Ghost. 
I'm telling you, we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we need the presence of the Holy Spirit to come down and permeate the house of God. We need the fire from heaven to come down and lap up our sacrifices of worship as we give them sacrificially unto the Lord. That, my friend, is a better blessing. Lord, help us to understand how blessed we are. If you want more money, you don't understand how blessed you are. If you want a, the latest automobile, the fanciest, fastest car that the neighbors will talk, you don't know what blessing is. He has made us. He created us to sit together with him in heavenly places. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. You already are blessed abundantly. Why well, want more of those spiritual blessings? It's very easy to get more. You just got to linger more in the tabernacle. You got to linger more at the mercy seat. You got to linger more with the Lord. I don't know how it all happens. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't say, well, I prayed 15 minutes a day up until today, and I'm going to go home and pray 30 tomorrow, and I expect something dramatically to be different just like that. It doesn't work that way, does it? It takes daily communion with the Lord. But I'm. I'm telling you, once you linger more and more and more in the presence of God, in the presence of God, you'll begin to see the finger of God working in ways, and you'll say, wait a minute, I wasn't expecting that, and the Lord will check you in your spirit and say, I, I know you weren't, but that's that extra added bonus because you've been lingering in my presence. Oh, I'm telling you, when I raise my hand, when I say, God bless you, I don't want it to be a pre-glory blessing blessing, Christy. I want it to be a post-glory blessing. Oh, I tell you, sometimes the neighbors are walking their dogs. In our neighborhood, we, we know everybody by the dog's names. I'm telling you, there's neighbors, I, I know their last name, but I don't know, I, don't, I, I know their dog's names. And I'll say, how are the children doing? Then I'll call the children by name, and they're, they're, you know, the children have four legs. You know, I have a dog, they have dogs, so we talk about the dogs. When they walk on by, I try to say, God bless you. And I have watched, I have witnessed this happen a few times. They're walking down the road, and we're in, in a conversation. I say, God bless y'all with a great day. And they, man, you, you see the pause. You see the pause, and they, and they look back, and they're kind of, well, well, God bless you too. Almost like it was a shock. It shouldn't be a shock for a child of God. I'm telling you, we ought to linger at the mercy seat of heaven. We ought to linger in the throne room of God. And then we walk out and say, God bless you or have a wonderful day in the Lord. It ought to cause an unbeliever to pause. Why? Because we have the glory of God with us. We have the fire of God with us. We have the unity of the body of Christ. It will make a difference. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. He was singing that song a while ago. He got to that last part of that blessing. I said, Lord, send your countenance into that home in Fairlawn and give that boy of mine peace. Telling parents in just a few moments. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I, it's not just circumstances, it's just, a, it's just an urgency. I watched as a little kindergartner, just came out on the news, a little kindergartner struggling because he was having to do all of his stuff online, virtual. Couldn't be a kindergarten with all of his little friends somewhere in the country. We need to bless our children. I'm telling you, this is serious stuff. And in just a few moments, parents, grandparents, I've asked Lyndall, he's going to bring them out in just a little bit, our youth, whether you put an arm around their shoulder or you put a hand on top of their head or you join their hand. We need to bless our children. Come on, somebody help me here. But listen to this preacher. Listen to this preacher this morning. Your pre-glory blessing is nothing more than a well wish. You need to be in the presence of Jehovah so that when you pronounce blessing upon your kids, it transforms their lives forevermore. I want to be blessed. But more than that, I want to linger in the glory of the Lord. I want to take the glory to the people. I want to watch the fire fall. And I want to transfer blessing, the better blessing, into the lives of others around me. I want the second blessing, for the second blessing is the better blessing. I want to pronounce, speak. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. The scripture says that. I want to speak blessing. Wouldn't it be something if one day your kids were getting ready for school and that one that... She has her inhaler in her pocket. She takes it out. She's got it in her hand. But you, Dad, you place your hand upon her. And pray that God's favor and blessing would be upon her. And all of a sudden, a miracle of healing takes place. Not in the altars of the Pulaski Church of God, but in the living room of your home at your address. 
I'm not crazy this morning. If I've lost it, I've lost it in the Holy Ghost. We need post-glory blessing. If you've got kids, youth or children that are here, I'm going to ask you to grab your mask, and I'm going to ask you to come up front. Your grandkids, if you've got grandkids here, maybe their parents are not here, but you've got grandkids, you've got kids here. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to come up front, put about three feet between family units right up here. Even if we have to go up the aisles, we're going to do this. just put about three feet between you and the family unit next to you. Even if we have to go up the aisle, that's what we're going to do. Kids are coming in now. Kids, you see your folks up here, come stand with them. Youth, even those in the production room or in the booth, wherever your folks are, Come on, if you got to put some space now, work with me. If you need to put some space and go up the aisle, that'll be fine. See your mom and dad, come on over. See grandma, grandpa, come on over. just words. Dad, this was the priestly blessing. Dad's not here. Mom, it's the priestly blessing. The Lord bless thee, keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee. The Lord be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And the Lord give you peace. Strongly feel that this prayer is going to be the difference in this school year coming up. I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, the Holy Ghost has directed this. So they're going to play and they're going to sing. And I'm going to ask everybody in that congregation out there to stand. You that are watching live stream, stretch your hand toward the, the phone, the computer screen, the television, whatever you've got it hooked up. You see some kids in this altar. You know, you pray. They're going to sing. I want you to start praying over your kids, your grandkids. I want you to start pronouncing favor and blessing and protection over them. Right now, you ready? Here we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pronounce favor. We pronounce blessing. Lord, protect them. Lord, watch over. 
Saturate them with your spirit. Saturate them with your glory. And the children. And the children. 